You're listening to the Storyteller Series from The Salvation Army. For more information or to share your questions and comments, visit SalvationArmySoundcast.org. The Book of Acts, Chapter 26. Then Agrippa said to Paul, You have permission to speak for yourself. So Paul motioned with his hand and began his defense. King Agrippa, I consider myself fortunate to stand before you today as I make my defense against all the accusations of the Jews, and especially so because you are well acquainted with all the Jewish customs and controversies. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. The Jewish people all know the way I have lived ever since I was a child, from the beginning of my life in my own country and also in Jerusalem. They have known me for a long time and can testify, if they are willing, that I conform to the strictest sect of our religion, living as a Pharisee. And now it is because of my hope in what God has promised our ancestors that I am on trial today. This is a promise our 12 tribes are hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God day and night. King Agrippa, it is because of this hope that these Jews are accusing me. Why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? I, too, was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the Lord's people in prison, and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished, and I tried to force them to blaspheme. I was so obsessed with persecuting them that I even hunted them down in foreign cities. On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. About noon, King Agrippa, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. Then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then King Agrippa I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. First to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and then to the Gentiles. I preach that they should repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. That is why some Jews seized me in the temple courts and tried to kill me. But God has helped me to this very day, so I stand here and testify small and great alike. I am saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Messiah would suffer and, as the first to rise from the dead, would bring the message of light to his own people and to the Gentiles. At this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defense. You are out of your mind, Paul, he shouted. Your great learning is driving you insane. I am not insane, most excellent Festus, Paul replied. What I am saying is true and reasonable. The king is familiar with these things, and I can speak freely to him. I am convinced that none of this has escaped his notice, because it was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. Then King Agrippa said to Paul, Do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? 
Paul replied, short time or long, I pray to God that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am, except for these chains. The king arose, and with him the governor and Bernice and those sitting with them. After they left the room, they began saying to one another, this man is not doing anything that deserves death or imprisonment. Agrippa said to Festus, this man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. We find Paul before Agrippa, and this is a continuation of the story from our last conversation. But it's so helpful for me when I really think about these two men standing before one another, because historically we know that Agrippa's great-grandfather had tried to kill Jesus as a baby. His grandfather had John the Baptist beheaded. Agrippa's father had martyred the first apostle, who was James. And here we are with Agrippa. And so I feel like, dog, like there is some serious history here. And uh, I am so amazed by who Paul has become as a person, truly walking in his identity in Christ, that even though the man before him would demand like respect, even on the border of worship out of fear, he knows that in, Paul knows that in Christ, um, uh, that he has every right to stand before this man unafraid. And I am so intrigued by that. And he just shares his testimony. Like that's where he starts. And for me, that message is powerful because uh, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says that we overcome the enemy by the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony. And this encounter in scripture reminds me that when I don't know what to say, or I feel like anything I would say out of my own head would sound foolish, that speaking about what Jesus has done in my life is always the best uh, the best place to begin. And sometimes when you do that, you'll get a response like Paul did from Festus, who it says in verse 24, exclaimed loudly, you have lost your mind, Paul. Paul, you are crazy. You are insane. And I love that because if this, you know, if Luke wasn't trying to write history, one, why would he include this? You have a important official who most people hearing Acts for the first time would have had some respect for just being a part of the culture of that day and having respect for authorities. And here an important Roman authority is saying to Paul, you are crazy, uh, and Luke leaves it in. But I also find this really compelling because I'm reminded of when Paul says, uh, in Corinthians, that the gospel was a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. I wonder if, um, if in his experience, this moment was a particularly poignant example of what he talks about earlier and uh, to the to the church in Corinth, that it is foolishness to the Gentiles, and yet while so many and Festus included, found it to be crazy and to be foolishness. Paul maintains his mission to preach that foolish message uh, and to bear witness to 
something that for us we sometimes domesticate. And that is this this unbelievable message that God became flesh, dwelt amongst us, and then sacrificed himself for us, for people he created, the God who is able to do anything from whom all things have come, he was willing to humble himself and be made a suffering servant and to pay the highest price for us. This is still foolishness. And I think in our post-Christian world, we can lose sight, unfortunately, of just how wild and, and amazing the gospel is. And we tame it down. Uh, and I find here in this encounter between Festus and Paul just another example uh, of how truly um, unfathomable the goodness of the gospel is. And we see the boldness of Paul that has been the thread all through Acts, really. But he's just so bold. And when he says, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. Uh, I just I love his boldness and and I think that Paul the way he preaches the way he speaks the way that he he constructs what he wants to say he is very eloquent in the way that he speaks uses words yet he he's, he says in his letter to the to the Corinthians he says when I spoke to you I didn't come with uh, with eloquent words but I came with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. And so I'm just thinking that this boldness that he has, even though he has very uh, a great way with words, it is the Spirit's power that that gives him that boldness and that 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 we see displayed here. It's incredible. It is. It is incredible. And and to speak to that, like Paul has shared this story. He's he shared his testimony. He shared you know, um, what he's lived through and what, what he's experienced time and time again, and doesn't, doesn't make it, you know, just rhetoric. And it's not just, you know, something that, that happened. He doesn't lose faith or fervor in the midst of all of this so much so that King Agrippa, you know, that he does boldly ask King Agrippa, you know, you do, or you do believe me. I, I know that you believe me. Like he, um, applies himself closely to Agrippa's uh, conscience for sure. Like it's tapping into him, you know, as an intellectual or even maybe, maybe, you know, um, to, to him as a, a human, a person. Um, and then Agrippa says, you know, the way that you're speaking, you know, I, I couldn't just imagine Paul standing in front of me, you know, sharing his story, you know, like because of your passion, because of your faith, because of your fervor and to know where you've come all the way up until this point, you, you make me want to believe you. That, you know, to hear to hear that I I I can almost see a sense of almost relief coming across Paul's face mm. in that moment as as Agrippa says, "You make me want to believe you." Like I, you know, after especially after hearing Festus say, "You're crazy. You're a wild man." You know. And speaking about something being believable, uh, we all these events take place at Caesarea by the sea, and that is a place that you can still go and visit today. And I just throw that out as maybe a bucket list item for people if if someone is particularly uh, interested in the archaeological um, background of the New Testament and the sort of historical evidence surrounding it, that's a great place to go visit uh, and to see Herod's Palace and the Hippodrome, which is one of my favorite all-time words, uh, and uh, to just get a sense of the the – the physical, the physicality 
of the story of the New Testament, um, that this is a, a story told about real places and real people that we can place in real historical settings. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this show, please share it with a friend. You can subscribe to the Storyteller series on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or your own favorite podcast store. For more information, visit SalvationArmySoundcast.org.